Audi. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hello and welcome to an on-location special from the Big Travel Podcast. I'm Lisa Francesca Nand. When travelling the world regularly on press trips, I've been lucky enough to stay at some of the best five-star hotels in the world. And I will only choose to review hotels and accommodation that I think is absolutely worth it. Believe me, you know when you read a travel article and you think, oh, you know, they're just saying that because they went there. I have actually been to places and refused to write them up because they've been not to the standard I thought. But I have to say, I was very, very lucky recently to stay at the Anantara Villa Padierna Palace in between Marbella and Estepona in a place called Benavis. And I was treated to something that genuinely felt like much more than your average five-star hotel. And let me tell you, your average five-star hotel is pretty good. This was really, really, really special. So much so that Michelle Obama even stayed there. And it's a beautiful palace amid lush greens and gardens and golf courses. And it just feels like it was so relaxing and so lovely and I was I feel genuinely very lucky to be there. Um, whilst I was there, I also did a tour of one of my favourite places on the coast. That's the gorgeous Old Town in Marbella. Marbella is a place that's known for its glitz and glamour. And many of you will know that I grew up on the Costa del Sol just down the road in, in Fangarola. Uh, so I know it quite well. And what a lot of people don't talk about is the Old Town of Marbella. And to me, it is the most beautiful, characterful part. So whilst I was there staying at the Anantara Villa Padierna, I did a tour of the old town with a tour guide and this is the resulting experience. We're going to take you on the journey with us. I hope you enjoy it. Hello and welcome to the Big Travel Podcast. I'm Lisa Francesca Nand. The noise you can hear behind me is the fountain next to the swimming pool of the Villa Padierna, a beautiful Italianite villa in the foothills of the Andalusian mountains between Marbella and Estepona. And I'm here to take advantage of the facilities. The hotel is really, really, really special. It was built by a couple who loved traveling and they spent all their time traveling around the world and collecting artwork and bringing it back here and they wanted to create a hotel that was also a museum and an art gallery so this morning I've been on a little tour of the hotel facilities including the Obama villa where Michelle Obama stayed when she was here they've had many many famous guests and there's a permanent exhibition of about 1200 artworks um, there's some beautiful stone statues that date back to the second century and modern art as well they support up and coming artists as well as established modern artists as well last night we had a tour of Marbella Old Town and Marbella Old Town I've been to many times before it's absolutely stunning beautiful full of character and a lot of fun. So sit back and enjoy a little tour around the tapas bars of Marbella. 
I was taken round by a professional tour guide and bumped into some incredible characters, a professional flamenco singer who does us a few lines for the uh, for our audio an opera singer who sings for us as well and an art gallery owner museums and plenty of tapas and wine so sit back and listen to the sounds of marbella old town this is a big travel podcast special my name is Javier González. I've uh, been a tour guide for the last, I would say, five years. And uh, I work in Marbella mainly. And I also do cruises in Malaga. So I'm welcoming clients from all around the world, which I love. <laughs> this beautiful uh, little square that we're here at the moment. So it's famous for the tourists, no? We've got a nice tourist place. And actually the whole of Marbella town has something for the tourists. You know, like uh, traditionally we've got... Um, Ramon, Churreria Ramon, which is the most uh, famous in the old town of Marbella and the heart of the Orange Street Square. But all around the little streets and squares, we can find also uh, some of the business related to the churros that, by the way, we Spaniards love. Always with chocolate, even in summertime. It doesn't matter how hot they are. <laughs> churros are becoming very fashionable in England, but they seem to be more the South American churros, the tiny little ones rather than the big Spanish ones. I like the big Spanish ones. You know, um, I used to live in London myself, and I remember they do uh, the Winter Wonderland Festival, and I saw churros all around last time I went there. I was so impressed. But I agree on that, you know. Here, the dough is freshly made every day, and uh, it's got even different thickness. No, they do like uh, one very long churros, which I don't know the length, no, but it could be like two meters long. And then they cut it into pieces, and obviously you get a good cup of chocolate, and that's delicious, no? You know, I remember when I used to go out, churros was a way of measuring successful nights, obviously, because if you came back the next day and you had for breakfast churros after spending the whole night out, that was a successful night. <laughs> I remember many times having churros for breakfast at 7 o'clock in the morning after a late night out. If you don't mind, we, we're going to go down there. I want to show you uh, one of the narrowest streets in the old town, which is Calle San Lázaro, and uh, I like to call it um, Tapas Street. I mean, look at this beautiful view, you know. As I tell you, we've got uh, the, the layout of the streets in the old town. is basically something we inherited from the Moorish when they were here in the, in the city. So uh, these narrow streets were created to make sure we had enough shade. And even they allowed to have an airflow, especially on hot summer months, that is sort of the air conditioning of the, of the area. The Moors were very clever because we're walking down this tiny, tiny little street dotted with tapas bars, very authentic ones with patterned tiles on the wall and glasses hanging from the ceiling. I expect to see a leg of ham here. Tiny little plant pots. Oh, look at that house. I, I want to live with them. <laughs> we can even touch both walls at the same time almost. We can touch both walls at the same time. It's so narrow. But there's people sitting outside here, having their... Oh, that one's beautiful, look inside there. We're here, the oldest tapas bar in the old town of Marbella, which is El Estrecho, the narrow one. is a typical Andalusian-style tavern, and it dates back to 1954. So they've been here for a while, offering classical tapas. You, you can have a look inside if you want. I love the tiles. The floor's fabulous. People eating plates of jamón y queso manchego. 
Vengo aquí con mis amigos desde Reino Unido. Encantado. You can even see local people playing chess. Oh, in the corner, there's two old men playing chess whilst they're tucking into a plate of ham and some little, what are they eating? Breadsticks. So for many people, this isn't what you imagine Marbella to be like. I mean, I know, of course, I grew up down the road, but um, the tiny little streets of the old town, full with boutiques and bars and restaurants, really atmospheric. Something we don't usually notice about Marbella Old Town is that we've got little art galleries and antique shops spread all around the old town, which is something magic, you know, because you've got these tiny little bit and pieces of uh, art from different parts of the world, which, uh, I mean, people love, you know, when they pay a little bit more of attention. Shops like this one here is, is magical, no? because particularly the blend between the, old, between the old and new. And you're going to see that a lot all along the old town. So uh, here we've got Kasakura, which is a very popular place at the moment. So this is one of those places where you can try one of the wines from the region and then at the same time try one of our cured meats, cheeses from the region as well, which are amazing. Also, they offer some boiled prongs from Huelva, which are very nice. And it's a typical Andalusian-style tavern as well. Kasakura. So everybody is lining the walls outside, sitting at empty casks and barrels up on high stools with little glasses of sherry and wine and tiny little beers and olives and cheese and wow the biggest tomatoes I've ever seen in my life tomatoes the size of my head and they have opened a sort of more of a trendy space that belongs to them as well, just literally next to it. So we've got the old and the new, once again in the old town. I love it. It's like a church of wine. Yeah, definitely. So we are reaching here another of the typical places or the trendy places in Marbella Old Town, which is El Bordón. So the owner is, is Manuel, and basically Manuel, he's a flamenco singer, he's an artist, so he and his friends You come here to eat their very nice tapas, you know, and then all of a sudden they start singing flamenco. Do you, you think know? we could get him to sing something for us quickly? We can maybe push him a little bit. We can ask him. <laughs> Let's come in. The tapas are great here as well. So you see there is sort of a flamenco crew always here sitting around, and then uh, it seems to be easy. <laughs> Manuel, ¿qué pasa? ¿Tiene un segundito? Hola Manuel, yo soy, presentar a Lisa. Yo soy okay. periodista de viajes de ah, Inglaterra, bien. tengo un podcast que se llama The Big Travel Podcast ah, yeah. y bueno, estaba escuchando que cantas muy bien y quería saber si podías, podías uh, cantar unas cosas para mí. Bueno, bueno, a ver, voy a intentar qué te puedo hacer. Mira, te voy a hacer una letra por Fandango. Qué bien te pega ese nombre y el nombre de Marvalo, oh, Marvalo porque eres muy buena, ay loca, ay por un hombre y ese hombre bebe quiera otra, ay que 
buenísimo, muchísimas gracias. Muchísimas gracias. Y en realidad, si llegan later, es crazy. They start singing out of the blue. That was amazing. So we've got another of these beautiful narrow whitewashed little street leading to the main place probably in Marbella Old Town, which is the famous Plaza de los Naranjos, the orange tree square. Reaching this point, we've got another of these beautiful spots in the old town, which is the Plaza Jose Palomo. As I told you, the Moorish arrived in the year 711 to Marbella. Uh, they settled themselves in what uh, nowadays we know as the old town very, uh, just a little bit later. And then the city was reconquered in 1485, when the Christians arrived. It was a walled city of around 90,000 square meters with its own Alcazaba fortress, which still stands, and we're going to be able to see in a little bit. So uh, what's impressive for me still nowadays that so many years later, what it used to be one of the doors to the city, Puerta de la Mar, the door of the sea, is still an access to the old town, this place here. And you see the layout didn't change that much. And that street that we see on the left-hand side, which is called Calle Muro, it used to be where the wall stood. The city walls have disappeared mostly. Or you don't see them anymore because people built against them. And then uh, as soon as the Christian army took the city, the Christians focused on reinforcing the city walls and the fortress because they were scared that maybe the Moorish were going to ask for help with uh, in North Africa. So they just wanted to make them better, better walls for the city. And after that, they started with the Christianization process of the city, building churches, monasteries, convents and so. And when they finished with all that, they created a space in the center, which would be nowadays what we know as the Plaza de los Naranjos, with the main political buildings. And also a hospital. We're talking about the 16th century. The hospital still stands. And now we're going to see the chapel that used to be attached to that hospital, which dates back to the 16th century. So this is the Capilla de San Juan de Dios that we're going to see, the chapel of St. John of God. And as I said, it dates back to the 16th century. It's got a beautiful woodwork that we are about to see in a minute. Oh, this is beautiful. This is the a tiny, tiny little chapel with a bell tower, a little bell tower, a white bell tower on the top. You walk inside and it's very, very gilded, of course, Catholic. These beautiful old wooden doors we're passing through. And then the Virgin Mary lies straight ahead. The ceiling is vaulted with ornate wooden carvings and uh, it's a lovely little chapel. Oh, there's Jesus on a donkey. Yeah, they love their um, religious effigies. It can be quite intense, actually, when you see them out in their parades. Very, very moving. The hospital, it had so many refurbishments throughout the years that it wouldn't look like an old building anymore on the outside. You can still see some medieval columns down there. So the basic footprint of Marbella Old Town hasn't changed for hundreds and hundreds of years. So we're walking now to what used to be the old mansion house of... Whose mansion house was it? Cosme Hernández Altamirano. He was a knight commander who was left behind after the, after the reconquest in the city. 
just to make sure that the area was protected. And it's got a beautiful whitewashed facade with uh, stunning grills. That is like if we were uh, looking at a house which is stuck in time, not like we're going back in time. It's got my favorite thing outside, which is Bougainvillea. Beautiful fuchsia and green Bougainvillea cascading down the facade of the white walls and these lovely wrought iron rejas, as we call them in Spain encasing the windows and the balcony, very decorative ones on the balcony. It's in this beautiful square, which is packed full of lots of people eating and drinking, which is lovely to see. There used to be the stables of the palace, and it's really cool because now they've got a DJ there inside a at DJ this time. In the yeah, stables, that sounds a, like my yeah. son's stables. The hidden courtyard inside, so we can gossip a little bit. Those cocktails look lovely. That's a pina colada, right? Yes. They do fresh fruit cocktails in here. Fresh fruit nice. cocktails in the old stable. And we're going back to the courtyard now, uh, where they've got DJs. Oh, look down here. It's gorgeous. Look at the palm tree. There's a massive palm tree growing out the wall. <laughs> Hola, guys. Hola. Bien. Oh, this is a great little bar. Oh, look at this beautiful courtyard. This is fantastic. So we've walked through what are the old stables and out in the back it's got this courtyard with rickety old ceramic tiles on ceilings all around us, very low walls. And again, lots of bougainvillea. It's stunning, absolutely stunning. White walls surrounding a sunken courtyard with ivy and lots of other climbers clinging to them and a very cool DJ and lots of brilliant looking cocktails which have got my name on them. This is a well that dates back to the 16th century again and it still gets water Perdona. still gets water from the under earth streams. You can still get water from the well? You can see it, yeah. Uh, reflected at the bottom. Oh, that's a beautiful view of the bell tower. Okay, I'm a bit confused because the bells have just gone and they just went 10 minutes before that. <laughs> Spanish time. I was going to say, and uh, here we've got the Altamirano restaurant, which is one of the most typical fish bars in the old town. Quality price, one of the best. You can tell, right? Yeah, it's lovely. Bar. And what's really interesting is we've just left streets seconds ago tiny little streets that are packed full of people and we've come seconds behind them and there's no one around this is but peace. the streets here are as beautiful and as old and as full of character and in fact you know i was telling you the basan hospital that dates back again to the 16th century and this building on my left it used to be a monastery that we can still see the trinitarian cross on the window there is a project in place that they're going to build a local history museum at some point in the area, which is going to be lovely to promote the history of Marbella. We've got this street here, which is called Calle Viento, because there is usually a sort of breeze at the end. As I told you at the beginning, you know, the Moorish, they build these very narrow streets just in order to create more shade and that sort of breeze to refresh on summer times, in the hot summer times. If we go a bit, uh, to the north, which is going to 
across this beautiful uh, narrow alley, which it seems that it's going to fall apart, right? <laughs> it it's being held up by metal jousts. I'm to hoping they're safe. We're going to find Mabea's fortress, Moorish fortress that dates back to the 10th century. We're about to see it. And I'd like to bring you here with this perspective because you're going to see, you're going to see from the corner, no? where you have a most of a perspective. The fortress was abandoned at some point and the local poor people took the chance to build their houses inside. So if we went into the fortress, it would look more like a typical whitewashed Andalusian town rather than a Moorish fortress. Ah, we've got a beautiful view of the Marbella mountain at this side too. So we're standing outside the Alcazaba de la Medina, which is medieval, the medieval Medina of Marbella, dating back to the 10th century. The Romans were great recyclers, so they used ionic columns used on the tower to build it. So if you look towards the top of the wall, you can see echoes of Roman architecture in there that they've used to just build the wall. So they've used part of the old Roman temple that was here. The beautiful uh, church square. In the past, we used to have houses as well attached to the fortress wall. But they were removed around the 1990s to make a sort of a bigger space, to, to give you like a square shape. You know? Because we even had a house in the middle that was also demolished at that time. And then on my left, I'm finding, we're finding the local Catholic temple, the main church in Marbella, which is La Iglesia de Nuestra Señora de la Encarnación, Our Lady of Incarnation Church. It was built on a mosque after the reconquests. And on 1936, it was burned during the civil war and part of it collapsed. So inside, there is no antiques or any valuables anymore. Everything we see is new. And there is a lot of foreign people coming here every year to get married. This is lovely, you know, from all different nationalities. All the people that have come here, it's really nice that we can hopefully all live in harmony. No, definitely. Still cosmopolitan place nowadays. And this is the city patron, Sam Bernabe, because the 11th of June, which is his day, uh, the 11th of June of 1485, is when the city of Marbella was taken by the Christians. Just before Columbus discovered... Actually, you know something interesting? America. So basically, the Christian army was coming from Ronda, that was taken in May 1485, after 15 days of siege. They, some of the Moorish governors there in Ronda escaped and they were warning all the towns along the way. So the Christian army came to the coasts and then they took Marbella in June 1485 and then Malaga, it wasn't taken until August 1487. And remember that the last Moorish kingdom to be conquered was Granada in 1492. As you were saying, yeah. Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Same year, yeah. Remember, I was telling you that on this wall we used to have uh, houses that attached. So on this side, we still have them. So these little shops are attached to the fortress. Oh, I love these plant pots here. This is one of my favorite parts Amazing. of town. I always take a photo here. You know? Because it's just a wall of pretty blue <laughs> pl ceramic plant pots with bright fuchsia and red geraniums in. It's a really beautiful wall. I'm going to get a picture. Then this 
stairs used to be the main entrance to the fortress in the past. And as you were saying, you know, nowadays well, we've got all the influencers, Instagrammers, YouTubers and everyone coming to Marbella. So this is the place they always come to take a picture. There's usually, in busy days like today, a queue of people waiting there to take a picture underneath the street name, Calle Carmen. And now they've got podcasters. Ah, uh, there you go. <laughs> we've got here one of Marbella's or the most famous place in Marbella which is La Plaza de los Naranjos the Orange Trees Square which at the time was built as the main political area in the city where we had the buildings to control the city such as the town hall One of the most beautiful parts of the old town well actually every part of the old town is beautiful I'm just walking past this man playing a sax he looks very cool he's got a white shirt on and a hat he's a young man playing the sax and I'm picking my way through the restaurant tables coming up to the orange square now in the right season don't ask me when it is I can look it up for you you can look it up if you're that interested but um, when the the oranges come out it's a winter I do remember that here in Spain there are the trees around Christmas time and up until February are covered in oranges the smell of the orange blossom is fabulous so the square opens up into this pretty little square just full of restaurant tables now it's really nice to see everything busy actually really nice balconies all around and look at that beautiful flamenco one that's lovely really nice so uh, this is the city hall of, the, of Marbella. So actually, the medieval building was also built in the 16th century. And what many people don't know is that we used to have the Inquisition based in this building. And there are paintings that date back to those times that can be seen in, the, in that room. Is that going back to the, to the past? So when the Inquisition, didn't the, they torture and kill people? Yeah, they were like judges. In so, these rooms? Yeah, they were judging people in these rooms. They were not so tough as we see them in the movies, to be honest. Obviously, they were here to control certain things, but what we see in the movies and so is being taken to the extremes. So basically, after the reconquests, so people who moved to the cities was because there were not enough Christians to repopulate all the cities, so where people from different nationalities, people who don't, uh, didn't speak their language, um, Jewish who had to convert into Christianism, uh, illiterate people. So basically the Inquisition had to make sure that everyone was a fair Christian, right? And teach them and, and so on. <laughs> okay, so we're behind the Marbella Old Town Town Hall now and we're walking down this beautiful little tiny street called Virgin de los Dolores, Virgen de los Dolores. Virgin of the Pains. <laughs> and, oh my goodness, the restaurants are so gorgeous and such full of such character. But we've been taken to this one, El Patio de Mariscal. El Patio de Mariscal. Because the owner, the owners are both opera singers. I think we've just missed the show. Oh, but it's beautiful courtyard out the back. Strung with red and green lanterns. 
thank you so much. That was really interesting. You know, I've been here many times, but I found out so many more things today from you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Thanks. How can we find you? You can find me on my website, tourmarbella.com. You'll find all my details there. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed our on-location special as much as I did. You can find out more about the Anantara Villa Padierna Palace via the Anantara website. That's anantara.com. Do have a look at my Instagram and Twitter. There's going to be lots of videos and photos of our stay there. And I hope we get to go on many more journeys together soon. Happy traveling. <laughs>